another beautiful day we bless him we are so grateful to the most high god for everything he continues to do for as long as you just close your eyes focus on the song invite the presence of the holy ghost to take full control to fire you up and ginger you for the way that is ahead Okay, so shalom once again. God bless you for tuning in today. And we are so grateful for the word that is coming to us today. We just pray, Halekoske, that the fullness of the word will take control over us, that it will fire us up, that we will be gingered up the whole of the day, and will bear the best fruits that have ever been witnessed, even in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name we pray so much thanksgiving. Amen. So shalom, people of God. Today, we're going to look at promises part two and this is just a reminder but then today we're looking at it from the believer's perspective last time we looked at it from god's perspective let's just look at how wonderful our father is now let's i don't know if you remember that there was this man of god that god told him that look son Okay, he didn't say son exactly, but then he told him that, look, if you pray, there will be drought. And if you pray, rain will fall. Now, I want us to look at a certain scripture, okay? So, if you can open Job chapter 5, verse 10. He said, Who giveth rain upon the earth, and sendeth waters upon the fields? God giveth rain upon the earth, and sendeth waters upon the fields that's what he does for us and it's so marvelous and so amazing that our little our father so amazing as this can give rains upon the earth how do you pray exactly how how do you spend time with the holy spirit how do you spend time with the world how do you pray mind you there are seven billion people who are always saying something to god but what will cause the hosts, the angels in heaven, the elders and everything to stop him and say, who is this person? You know, there are two categories of people. Let's bring a simple example. There are two categories of people, okay, that are there in a class. If they are called answer questions, right? There are those people who they do long like they'll go round some before they'll come to the final answer and might even end up deviating from what they're supposed to say and there are those who when they start you know that they've gotten it so they're just going to say the exact thing in the same way there are two ways you can pray you can do long 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 sad before you come to the actual prayer whatever and you can just go in, bah, 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 bah. and bah, 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 doesn't mean that you go, God, I need this, God, I need this, bah, bah. that's when you're done. No. 
Bakma means there's something about you. There's an aura about you that once you step into the place of prayer, like the host of angels, everybody, elders are just attentive to you. They're listening to you because you carry something deep inside of you. You have come to realize that you carry a power and you are utilizing that power to its fullness. Unlike someone who has the power, yes, but he doesn't know he has the power. So he cannot command his environment to pay attention to him. Leadership isn't in the isn't in how the leader looks. It's in the aura the leader carries. Let's let's even remember the time of David, right? Everybody thought, oh Charlie, it was his eldest brother because you know he was built thick everything. That's what Samuel thought. But God told him that no, this is not the person I want. I want someone else. It was his aura. He was smallish, like you know what I mean, simple. But then he had an aura about him, okay? That just commanded certain things around him to obey him. In the same way, what aura are you carrying around you that commands things to follow suit to what you say? It's all about the aura. You carry so much. Yes, you're supposed to minister to people. You're supposed to impart the lives of people. You are a child of God. Like, you cannot live in this world and then people don't know Christ by you. But then you have an aura. You have an aura. There's an aura about you. Even sometimes your smile, okay, can just win a soul. Sometimes it doesn't really need ministration. Honestly. Like, just your aura. When you just walk, people are just like, well, I have to give my life to Christ. Like, there's a certain aura around you. It's all about a certain type of growth. It's not just one way that, okay, when evangelize. It's a strategy that you use. So, you know, I, I've built myself. I'm a child of God. I'm a person that has a God who causes rains to come up onto the earth. He said he causes waters to come and leave those on low to become on high. What a God. That hey, I have a God that lifts the low to become high. So, it means that as I'm walking, every low person has, scared, has become high by my presence. And you believe it and you walk in that faith. Whenever you see somebody, even as you are walking, you are just declaring that, hey, whoever I meet today, they are raised from a lower level to a higher level in Christ. And you just see it manifesting, manifesting. And you just give glory to God because you know that, hey, your God is capable of doing amazing things. You do not speak to the person. You do not come and talk to the person that, oh, Christ loves you. No. Just your presence alone. Just cause something to happen to the person. Just you saw that elevation, you saw those chains of the world being teared off and the beauty of Christ being birthed into the person. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus didn't go trying to look for people to heal. They came to him. Why? He had an aura. He had an aura. He had an aura. What aura do you have? Does your aura smell of God? Does it smell beautiful? Or does it stink of sin? Does it reek of sin? Which you are even saved from. Why should you reek of something you are saved from? Why? It's not like it doesn't make sense. Why are you still conforming to the ways of your old self? You are free from those things. So you have to work as a free man. That the only thing I'm addicted to, the only thing I'm chained to, the only thing I desire, the only thing that has me thinking every day is the word of God. That should be the only thing. Nothing else. Nothing. Can you find some sort of joy when you're in the Holy Spirit? Like there's this joy that no man can give you. No woman can.
can give you no book no movie no food can give you nothing it's just god alone that no addiction can give you is god just god that he's the one who fills you with some sort of some sort of satisfaction that goes deep in your brain that it transpires to your feet and your hand and your head is all sweet why because you've encountered you've tasted and you've seen that indeed the lord is good promises God requires so many promises for us, from us, but He doesn't. He doesn't require that God, if you give me this, I'll I'll do this for you. It's not about a condition. You don't have a choice. You have to do it because you have been saved. You know, a while ago I was contemplating. I was fighting that hey, you are not slaves of Christ. Christ has no one has to be saved. But it's a mindset. You are a slave, but you are free. Have you seen a slave who is free before? A slave who the master is like, oh, come and eat with me. What's up? Come and eat with me, Charlie. Charlie, today where are we going, Charlie? A slave who who the master calls friend, Charlie, my best friend. Where are we going today, Charlie? Today what are we doing? Charlie, today where are we speaking to? Come and eat, eh? Where are we going? Let's go out here. Let's go and chill. That's what God is telling you on a daily that. Hey, look, you are a slave, yes, but then you are a slave with some sort of freedom that no slave has seen before. You know, someone said something. Okay, a man of God said something. He said, this whole world is vanity, but you choose the type of vanity you identify with. So if you go always going to the vanity, which will lead to eternal death of your soul, it's you who chose it. In the same way, if you are going to the vanity and you are choosing God's way, which has eternal life back to it, it is your choice. You know, it's true. In as much as, we are here man does have free will but the free will is not to be like oh i want to do what i want no your free will is to choose between the bad side or the good side there's no middle there's no half and half it's either you are with or you are against there's no for inside half the motion it's only for or against so what promise are you making to god on a daily Sometimes you don't have to even say it with your mouth, just your presence alone. Your over alone tells God that this is a promise He has made to me. This is a promise He has made to me. And I know she or he is going to honor it. It's just about your aura. So every day you wake up like you're just sleeping, then you wake up all of a sudden. And you have many things to do. I mean, if you wake up, there are so many things to do. But then all you just start doing is ragabado, skete, speaking in tongues because, ah, why am I waking up at this time? If I'm working about this time, let me just spend time with God. Eh? That is a promise. You've made a promise to God right there that, ah, Lord, in everything, you are my first and my last. You are my first. When you're going to sleep, you have this friend you talk to. But today, I'm like, let me dog this friend. And you're like, Elima Luske. Oh, Lord, as I sleep, I enter realms in you. You've made a promise to God that, hey, he's your last. When you started the day, you started with him. When we're ending, you ended with him. And then you had free time. You could have done anything, played video game, but you're like, Mege disco toli gande, rakazun telebehe, umalo gejijide. That means God said that, ah, this is my, this is my child, that he's willing to give me any time he has. That's a promise that God will always be there for you. And then you see someone, you see someone on the road, and I just feel so much love him. The Spirit of God is so mighty around you. You saw something on the person and you decided to say it. God knows that, hey, I can rely on this person because when I send him, he goes. Now, remember some few weeks back or days, we spoke about obedience. That guy 
Elijah on Elijah, Elijah. He went and then God told him that, hey, look, pray on this thing. There will be drought. He prayed. Obedience. And now you are obedient to the Spirit. You are obedient to everything the Spirit says. What will not be, what like, what wounds be open up unto you? What won't you reap from? What benefits won't you go from? Abraham, they said, get up, walk, go to the land. He went. He didn't question, he asked, hey, God, so how are we going to do? On the way, he found out how. One important revelation I want to share with you all is that the best gifts, the, the best harvests, the best harvests, okay, the best harvests come from things that are not planned or when you just follow instructions or you are obedient blindly. That's when the best harvest you reap from them. Like God tells you that, ah, minister this message. I'm like, hey, how will I minister this message? Minister promises. I'm like, what is promises? What, what is it about? But on their way, you start to see that, ah, the words are just coming out of you. You don't even understand where they're coming from. Or you're just walking and God tells you that, pass here, don't pass here. And like, okay, mama, you let me just pass here. I always pass here. Then you realize that, ah, wait, oh, maybe there was, the, the door was closed there. You'd have had to walk all the way. Or what? Maybe some evil person was standing there waiting for you to try and make you fall. Even though you would never fall. But they were trying to make you fall. They would have tried to make you stumble. But God has turned you over. Like a reaping of harvest. You are there and God tells you that, hey, my friend, so this amount of seed. They're like, hey, God, this one, they want to like it. But they're like, hmm. you know, we know both. And you just sow the seed. And just a few days or even that hour, you start reaping harvest that you've never seen before. And someone just sends you the money you, you sowed 10 times more. And you're like, Jesus, God, what, what have I stepped into? The glory of God, the best harvests are reaped from when you follow, when you are obedient, blindly, when you obey, when even it seems that like there's no, there's no, how do I say, there's no logical reasoning or rational sense behind it. That's the kind of faith people should have. But people are always attaching rationality to their beliefs that are. How can God save us? How did God create the world? There is no physical evidence. So it does not exist. Or how are you praying that I'll be healed? Just go and buy medicine that you drink. You are so physical. Attached to the physical things. It means that you are not making any promises to God. You don't believe in God. Like you are not promising God. Look God. Even in times when physicality come in. I will tell you that my faith will always be number one. You are not, you're not promising God that way. Because you've, you've attached yourself to the physical pangs. So any small sickness is catching you. Flu. Malaria constipate everything is catching you every sickness you have experienced it before why because you fail to promise god with your aura that physicality may be there but faith is always number one what are you promising god by your aura today what are you promising god by everything around you by the nature your nature by your obedience what are you promising him he has given us so many promises and he is faithful are you also going to be faithful in that when God calls you to prayer and you have something pressing doing, maybe you have some, I mean, some important um, business that will you do $50 billion or you are talking to this person that you love so much and God calls you to prayer. Will you tell God that 
God, this one 50 billion, you understand, right? Or you tell God that, Charlie, this person is more important than you, so you bow right. Or you tell God that, look, God, no matter how beautiful or seemingly amazing the world is, I know that there is much more treasures in you. God will just be like, wow, this is a promise. And sometimes because of that love, that just, just because of that decision to, to choose him, he's just so filled with all that. I have someone like this. Then you just say, the estate, why? And then you're not the owner of the biggest estate ever. Like, or sometimes he will not give you anything physical, but do you know what you have been opened up to spiritually? We want physical things too much. He has told you, hey, when would you say something? everything that he has hey my god if you get this what's again do you want in life but people will always choose 50 million over god people will choose always a person over god someone who die they are going to choose a person over god 50 billion a bestie. imagine if you went in the bank and then the bank is robbed all your money is gone so why why do you stress so much i mean it will come brethren it will come be patient and obedient and just look at everything unfold. God has promised you that he'll give you 70 billion dollars. <laughs> As of how the money will come or where it will pass, it's not your problem. Just keep on worshipping him. You cannot see the money car, but just worship him. And you just, it's just a matter of time. Sometimes God wants to see exactly how faithful we are. And it's just, in fact, the, the, the money is under your bed. But he's just waiting for you to see that this person, is the person really after me because he wants me or because he wants what I can give him? But every day we are choosing God because we want him to give us things. What is your promise to God as well? Promises. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have delivered unto us today. We pray that that Lord, our aura will do great things, oh Lord. That we have built ourselves into a kind of nature that is superseding all kinds of natures because your word is in us and we are bearing fruits that have never been seen before, even in heaven. So Lord Jesus, we ask, oh Lord, that our aura, our aura, that we walk with the mentality that our aura is a promise to you. That whatever aura we carry, we are promising, we are signing our name against your word against you that everything we do we always choose you see us and see see our aura lord see us and see you in us see us and see our devotion our dedication our commitment our love our desire for you that you just be filled with our and always always want to keep on spending time with us and we with you as well we thank you for the glory and the heights that we are going open up onto by this very message and by every single word you speak. We are filled. We are filled to the fullest because we have you. And we thank you. We bless you so much. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, God. God bless you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Smile. Yeah, smile, why? so amazing so do in jesus mighty name we pray let your aura let your aura speak today children of god hallelujah shalom